Dungeons and Dopamine. Ta-da! Hello, and welcome to week 28 of Dungeons and Dopamine. I'm Bree. I'm Jess. And we're back again for... Guess who's back? Back again. Stan is back. Tell some friends. I gotta call my friends. You're my only friend. True. I don't like that you agreed with that so quick. I was thinking on my way here that if we were getting together tomorrow to play D&D, which we were apparently not, uh, it would have been three days in a row that we true. were hanging out after four weeks of no hanging out because play. Hey, we're trying to break break up for it. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> and, and here's why. Your whole topic is just you breaking up with me. It's not you, <laughs> but the, it kind of is. <laughs> At the end, a generic version of me walks in <laughs> as my replacement. It's an AI version <laughs> that I, I 3D printed. I would be so creeped out. Have and I told you that impressed, I right? Well, yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> have I told you that I have kind of a deep set fear of AI? No, I no, but like, okay, but like I can get that. Thank you. Yeah. Zach thinks I'm crazy. And it's not like I the mean, new chat GPT. Like a very good level of whether you're crazy or not. If that's what you're basing it on, I can assure you you are. <laughs> that's a good point. And I don't mean like the chat GPT or like the one that made our awesome logo. I mean like the voice mocking ones and the ones that are in the TV shows as like robots. Yeah. Because they I how many shows now in movies have warned us that these future AI robots are going to turn evil and take over the world. Surprise Will Smith hasn't stepped in. Right? <laughs> he slaps people for talking about his wife. <laughs> And he's not putting an end to this Does he already? know what they're going to say about her when there's AI? Right. Ugh. And German <laughs> Shepherds. I don't know. That's the another movie altogether. <laughs> oh, That's the that dog. vampire one. Mm-hmm. So Carly <laughs> was sick. And I told you this already. Um, but she got up and she, I made her stay home from school. She wanted to go to school and she's kind of mad at me, but I was like, you need just one more rest day. Then you can, you can go to school on Friday for donut day. Which every other kid would have been like, yay, a rest <laughs> day where mad. I don't even feel bad. And Carly was like, damn it, mom. Exactly. <laughs> I got she learning to do. She says, what can I have for breakfast? And I was like, well, just go look. Just make sure you don't eat anything that's going to upset your tummy. Because we like s'mores Pop-Tarts. It's like a treat in this house. Fair. And I was, I didn't want her to get sick. And she goes, you know what, Mom? I don't feel fine. And I was like, oh, no, why? She goes, I feel great. It's <laughs> <laughs> like... Did you like write it down? Do you have a baby book for her that you can I go back should. and note the date of? I should. Carly's first sarcastic <laughs> remark. Oh. 
<laughs> I'm equally proud and distraught. <laughs> I can see that. She's just growing up so fast. She's so fast. And also, this is going to be horrible. <laughs> I don't know. I was there when you were growing up with your mom, and <laughs> I think it worked out well. It's true. It's true. And now she and I have each other's measure. We know whatever is going to come out of the other's mouth. And you can just gang up on Ryan. We do. Mm-hmm. Already. My mom and I do. My mom is gentle with him. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> He's withstood it for almost 11 years. Well, I guess it's been over 11 years. Yeah. It'd be almost 13 because he, yeah. That's crazy. Right? Mm-hmm. <sighs> <sighs> I, what have I been doing this whole time? <laughs> so I watched Viva. Mm-hmm. And one of their characters started as an artificer, which is literally the most challenging character of the entire game. If one of you guys had wanted to be an artificer for the game, I would have told you no, unless it was wrong. That's how complicated Fair. it is. Mm-hmm. And so he actually ended up saying, like, I'm not having fun. I want to change my class. And because this is all for entertainment and, you know, if they he's not run having the company, fun, it's not to going it. to be entertaining. Exactly. So he switched to be a cleric and he uses this spell all the time called guidance where you touch one of your like group mates whatever and they get to roll a d4 on whatever thing they're trying to do so if they're trying to use perception or if they're trying to fight or if they're trying to intimidate you can touch them and whisper guidance and they get to roll an extra d4 that's awesome. Druids have it as a cantrip. What? Yeah. yeah. I played a whole campaign. I'm so... I totally would have seen that. It's in there. We must just not have understood how to use it. No, I don't think we did. And I was like, why do I need to give my people guidance? They're like, guided enough. Jump, Zach. <laughs> jump. <laughs> so I was very excited when we were playing our one shot and I saw it. And I used it. And it was so exciting. And it's a cantrip, so you get it unlimited. All the time. <laughs> I So between guidance and magic pebble, <laughs> I don't need anything else. I, I'm just going to be a human druid. <laughs> I didn't end up using um, the... We didn't get into combat in our one shot. We oh. avoided it altogether. There were several chances to get into combat. <laughs> we avoided all of them. Was Rob super frustrated? Probably. I mean... <laughs> He's like, I just wanted to punch one of you once. <laughs> Rob, our DM, gets frustrated with my existence because... <laughs> In general. Yeah. <laughs> we... <laughs> the kind of druid I was, we've decided that I am allowed to speak with animals. And we came across a bear and her cub. And, of course, I had to help them because they'd been in a fight. <laughs> so I walk up and I say, I want to ask her if I can help her. And he says, she says, yes. I say, okay, great. And um, our healer comes over and he starts healing her. And I say, while he's healing her, I want to ask her name. (laughs) (sighs) And Rob sighs. And you can see where a little piece of his heart breaks. (laughs) It's like this bear was supposed to eat them. She was supposed to get between the bear and her cub and get eaten. And, and instead, you no, are now I have to think of a name. The bear. Also, there was a guard that we had to walk past, 
<laughs> and apparently we walked past him every day. And I flirted with him. <laughs> and then I asked his name. <laughs> Did you flirt intentionally or unintentionally? I did intentionally. <laughs> this was not a kid's book concert. <laughs> I flirt with everyone in D&D. That's kind of like my thing. Interesting. I tried to flirt with my husband during our big campaign, and he didn't get it. So I just I mean, left him and went with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's common for your real life, too. <laughs> Ryan, I mean, I'm besides the leaving you. in part. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you think. <laughs> Ryan, I'm flirting with you. I'm flirting. I'm flirting. <laughs> flirting is when you flirt. You flirt <laughs> <laughs> means I am interested in you. So I don't understand why Rob puts up with me, but part of me thinks he likes the punishment. I can't wait for you guys to see me actually pull it. Oh, I'm DMing super is totally different. That. Yeah, playing I'm so good at. I'm I'm fine as a DM. I could probably do better, but I'm a great player. I Play I wouldn't up. want to reset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happened. <laughs> no regrets. Do not cut that out, Andrew <laughs> Jessica. That I'm just going to put stay. it at the beginning of every episode from now on. Play, Play up. up. <laughs> and me st- singing the Stan song. <laughs> We're rappers. Um, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely look. Absolutely look. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, <laughs> that freaking snake. <laughs> you know what snakes can do? Donate blood. I mean, maybe they can. But not to humans. I was going to say, is this your rule or theirs? <laughs> Both. <laughs> maybe if the snakes could donate blood, we would need less of it. Maybe. But because they can't, we need blood donors. The end. The end. <laughs> we need blood donors. That is my plea <laughs> to all of our listeners to become blood donors. Give away blood. <laughs> in, in general. <laughs> Actually, the last time I donated blood was shortly before we went to the Renaissance Festival. Oh, nice because blood is so needed these days um, both major blood donation companies in Michigan have like incentives that they give you if you donate and at the time they were advertising for the Renaissance Festival and said if you the Renaissance Festival had posted that if you donate blood you can have free entrance to the renaissance oh, festival yeah. Yeah, yeah. so i mentioned it to the girl that was doing my blood donation i was like it sounded a little bit like they wanted people to show up <laughs> to the renaissance fair <laughs> with donated blood <laughs> i couldn't find i didn't want to mess up any of my tupperware so i put it in this meyer bag <laughs> It's double bagged, but you should probably keep it up. (laughs) Do you need to refrigerate this? (laughs) Um, She clarified that no. She would give me a ticket when I left that would get me into the Renaissance Festival. She didn't think I was as funny as I do. Did you buy my ticket to the Renfest with your blood? I did. 
Wow. I did. That makes it so much more special. And now I feel even more guilty that we didn't get to see each other but for like 30 seconds. Yeah, but I got to make a knife. That's fair. And you got to see mermaids. And a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Which, honestly, what more do you need? Honestly. Make a knife. See a cat. Pet a horse. Yeah. I didn't get to pet the big horses, but I did get to pet. They were really big horses. They were so cute. <laughs> um, so anyway, blood. Give so, blood yes, in a bag. It is important to donate blood. People die for not having available blood. And I chose this topic both because I talked about organ donation last week and because one of our friends and listeners, Beth, Hi, Beth. actually suggested you. it and gave me some information as well. So I'll, a couple times I have her direct quotes Otherwise, all of this information really just comes from um, the Red Cross website and the Versiti website. I'm really which... jealous that you got to talk to Beth. I mean, not that nothing <laughs> nothing is stopping me, but um, I don't even think I actually really talked to her. I think she was just messaging this in the Dungeons uh, and Dopamine oh. chat. <clears throat> so it's me. like oh. we both talked to Beth. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> And the other company is now called Versiti. It used to be Michigan Blood. So they are very desperate for blood. And that's because you need blood to live. And we unfortunately have a lot of patients that need transfusions for some reason. And it could be people need blood transfusions. You know, the biggest is usually trauma. So car accidents or it's, you know, all of the times in ER or Grey's Anatomy that they're yelling for, you know, type O or get the blood or whatever. That's where we use a lot of our blood. But also um, when my dad was fighting his lymphoma, he required blood transfusions and platelet transfusions just because the chemotherapy like wiped out his blood count. So people that are going through chemotherapy or different types of treatment might need transfusions. There are different diseases that can cause issues with how you produce blood. So there are a lot of different reasons people could need blood. And from Beth, so she works for the Red Cross and she wanted us to know that every two to three seconds, someone needs a full unit of blood in the United States. And every donation that Um, is given at the Red Cross or Versity can save up to three lives. But only about one-third of the U.S. population is actually eligible to donate blood. Mm. And of that, only less than 10% of people actually do it. So for all of the people we have in the United States, we have a very, very low amount of them that are actually donating blood. Red blood cells can be stored for up to 42 days before it expires and has to be destroyed. Plasma can be frozen for up to 12 months and platelets have to be used within five days of being donated. I'm not going to get into plasma or platelet donations because it's a whole different situation and a whole different process and is typically done at like those centers that pay you and I don't I don't know their processes. Part of the science between um, needing donated blood is that there are four made blood types and so we have A, B, O, and AB and then each of those types can be either positive or negative and same as when we were talking about organ donation you need to match the blood types to the recipient. So you can't give a patient with B blood, blood from somebody who has A blood. 
and then it gets more convoluted with the positive and negatives and it gets really scientific but um, basically the blood will try to fight each other if you don't do it correctly if you do in a positive to a negative or a negative to a positive the blood will kind of like fight itself so that's a problem there are um, blood type O is considered a universal donor so um, O negative can donate to anyone but O positive is the most common type of blood so if you have O positive blood you probably get a lot or and if you've donated before you probably get a lot of communication from centers asking for your blood or if you have AB or especially AB negative which is the most oh. rare type of blood they are really looking for your type of blood. There are two different types of blood donations uh, when you go to like a standard blood drive. There's just the standard whole blood donation that most people think of. You know, you sit down in a chair, they take about a pint of blood from you. It takes, you know, maybe 20 minutes and you can come back and donate every 56 days. And then they send you off to like sit at the refreshment center and have your juice, juice and your and salty your treat and your, <laughs> and your cookie before you head out. The other type is double red cells. So I, this has got to be new technology. It definitely was not available when I was like 18 and it just started being able to donate blood. Basically donors that meet some bigger requirements. So you actually have to physically be bigger than some of the requirements for regular whole blood and um, you know your iron has to be a certain amount and all of that they actually take the blood out and then they separate just the concentrated red blood cells and put the rest of it so the plasma and the platelets and everything back to the donor and you can do this every, it, you can only do this every 112 days so you don't get to do this as often but it can help more people and that type of blood specifically can be used for traumas, but it can also be used for like newborns, transfusions during Aww. birth, sickle cell anemia, so more specialized needs for blood. Otherwise, the, the normal whole blood is typically used for like trauma patients or surgery patients that might need extra blood. Can they not do that process when once the blood is taken? They must not be able to. Okay, that's really must strange. Must have to be done. I wonder done. if it makes you feel more tired. I think so. Yeah. Because they want like the bigger statured people and your blood results have to be a little bit higher and you're, they're a lot more picky about it. So I think it, they, it must take more out of you, even they though they're putting some of it right back now. in. Yeah. It must really take weird. more out of you. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Beth wanted everybody to know that most people will know someone who needs a blood transfusion in their lifetime. She says she used to think um, it was kind of a lie that most people will know someone who needs blood because that always happens to someone else, right? That never happens to me. Um, until someone you love does need blood. Someone Beth knows ended up needing something like 24 units of blood, oh my gosh. which is a whole lot. Yeah. And if that blood would not have been available, she would have died. And it's the same for my dad. That's something you don't think about. Right. At all. Yeah. Like it doesn't like, cross Yeah, I might need blood if I'm in a car accident and I, like, get in. Giving birth. I, yeah. lose a lot of blood. But not for, like, chemo or people with diseases. That's crazy. So the process to donate blood, unless you've been actually told that you cannot donate blood or you'll never be able to eligible to donate blood, you should probably give it a try. It's pretty easy but it is a pretty extensive screening process. 
Obviously, they want to keep the people that they're giving the blood to safe. So you get screened before you donate to make sure you're healthy enough to donate. And then the blood that you donate does actually get screened as well. But the basics are just that you have to be in good health and not have recently done anything that might be considered risky or might make your blood unusable. So there are certain countries they don't want you to have visited recently. Mm. Obviously, if you are a drug user that's sharing needles with somebody, they don't want your blood. It used to be if you had had like a tattoo or a piercing within 12 months, they didn't want you to donate. But now with the increased regulations on the safety and the sterilization procedures, I think it's down to four months. There is a lot of, I don't want to say drama, but there are a lot of conversations going on because the LGBTQI community, there are some rules that kind of single them out. And obviously we know in the 80s when AIDS was first a thing that it was predominantly in the gay men segments of America. So even to this day if you are a man that has sex with other men it can preclude you or make you ineligible or if you are a woman that has had sex with a man that has had sex with a man or certain things like that they're they're trying really hard to figure out how to do those screenings without like taking out a whole community of people just for who they choose to be in love with but it used to be a pretty risky behavior, so they're still working that out. The screening process is going to involve some basic health numbers. They're gonna take your temperature, they're gonna take your blood pressure, they're gonna do a finger poke to make sure your hemoglobin and your hematocrit is, is safe. They, and then you go through an online screening, which asks you all the questions, asks you about medications you might be on that would be make you ineligible, places that you might have visited, or behaviors that may or may not be risky. So Beth's pep talk is donating is easy and not scary at all. And most of the reasons people think they can't donate don't actually make a difference anymore. If you have a tattoo, cool. Got turned away before, don't be a quitter. (laughs) Don't think you weigh enough, but congratulations, you probably do. If you have cancer, you probably can't donate or any sort of disease, you know, blood cancers, lymphoma, anything, anything you're being treated for with like big scary medications probably you're not going to be able to donate blood maybe you'll be able to later in your life once you're done with that part of your life I'm not actually really sure I think everybody kind of knows the process you know tips for donating you want to make sure you're well hydrated well rested make you know if you tend to have low iron you want to maybe eat some iron rich foods ahead of time like a whole entire tub of raisins yes that used to work great (laughs) for me (laughs) She used to be spotted on blood donation days in high school carrying a jug of raisins around. It (laughs) worked every time. I got to donate blood. (laughs) And I got a cute letter that told me I saved at least three lives. And now I get, now it's all email and I get updates about how many times I've donated and when I met like a gallon and all of that. So even if you're afraid of needles, Whatever issues you have going on, there are just so many ways around it nowadays. Bring a friend, bring some headphones, bring an eye mask if you want, and just go hang out. And I'm assuming that those that are taking the blood are willing to work with you 
as long as you're donating. Oh, absolutely. They want their job and their intention is to make you as comfortable as possible. They are. You'd come back. <laughs> yeah, they want you to come back. They want you to to be safe. They um. There one part one thing to know is there is barely there's little to no risk for a donor because now with sterilization and, and different procedures everything is single use needles and tubing and all of that so it's not like you can get a disease passed on to you while you're donating blood and it works the same way as a doctor's office does the person is going to be very cognizant of you know do you want to do you want to look at it when I put the needle in? Do you want to look away? Do you want me to warn you? Do you not want me to warn you? Do you want to lay down? Do you want to sit up? And Well, now they've noticed, too, that um, like on little kids, if you vibrate the area, mm-hmm. so turn your phone vibration on and stick it on your arm. I'm right. sure they're not going to care as long as you're not knocking their hands away. Yeah. Turn your head away and put your favorite audiobook on and save three lives. It's like the easiest thing you... No, next week I will talk about the easiest thing you can do to be a hero. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going to say this. This is the easiest way to be a hero. You have to sit down in a chair for five to 20 minutes and get a cookie and, and some get juice. Rewarded with treats. And the only pain you have out of it is a poke. You win. And you save three lives. You can be a hero, baby. (laughs) And if you tell me that you donated, I will have Jessica sing to you. (laughs) Or if you tell her, I will stop singing on this podcast. No, no, she won't. That is a lie. (laughs) (laughs) That is a blatant lie. I will lie for blood donation. I will lie for blood. (laughs) (laughs) Only a little creepy. Um benefits to donating blood i mean you get the helpers high you save lives and some the the only thing i could find that wasn't like feeling good about yourself is some donors kind of feel like it's a mini physical or a mini exam because you're getting your hemoglobin checked your blood pressure your temperature you can do that without insurance yeah and if they screw up and you you know do end up getting something which like you said the risk is pretty much null then they'll pay for it. Yeah. So, like, you don't even have to worry about medical bills. <laughs> this is a win-win-win, you guys. <laughs> I can't see any reason this is the wrong. blood donation centers win, the patients win, and the donors win. Last summer, I got a water bottle and a free mini... Free ticket to RenFest? Uh, yeah, a free ticket to RenFest, a mini Bluetooth speaker. Actually, I got free tickets yes i got to give away a free ticket to run <laughs> which gave you a helper's high you got double helper's yeah. high one time they were giving away beer i mean <laughs> you you couldn't go in and get a beer because that would be dangerous but they gave you a coupon for certain like local breweries <laughs> you finish up you just head over and slam a beer slam and one on the cooler. head out the door it hits you a lot faster because you got one pint less blood <laughs> win 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 <laughs> <laughs> you want to hear about some more heroes? Yes. <laughs> that was a really good transition. That was actually a great transition. It's not the dog man of Michigan. <laughs> Are you sure? Right. I'm, I'm positive. I bet he loves to donate blood. He probably does. Or loves donated blood. <laughs> What's the difference? <laughs> I'm going to tell you about some more animal heroes. Yay. They're so fun, and the bottom few of these made me cry. So, let's hope I don't weep. All right. First thing I'm going to talk about is Moco, 
the dolphin. <gasps> There's a dolphin in this? Moko the dolphin. He, I almost said she, he lived in New Zealand. Another good reason to go to New Zealand. Does he still live in New Zealand? No. <laughs> but his uh, descendants his legacy do. legacy lives yeah. on. And his descendants are yeah. probably there. And there's a ghost dolphin. <laughs> New Zealand is going to be the best. <laughs> New Zealand needs to give us, like, money for advocating for them. They don't want I, anybody I don't that even, we're sending their way. I don't even want their money. I just want them to give me enough points to get my visa. <laughs> yep. Because it's, it's a little <laughs> little on edge right now. They could work, work on getting me a job with Viva. Yeah. We could do a Viva podcast. <gasps> I'd sell out. Absolutely. <laughs> One hundred percent. One billion. Mm-hmm. We could play D and D with Diva, and Rob. live in Rob New is Zealand. The best DM. Sorry, I love our Rob, but he is but not a not, professional actor. Yeah. True. This Rob is. And New Zealand. New Zealand. So anyway, Moko. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, sometimes they said it differently if they had different accents, but we're gonna stick with Moko. They would understand what you were talking about if you're talking to them about it. And Moko saved some whales what <laughs> this so, is like your favorite story ever. i know <laughs> <laughs> so there were some i think they were researchers out and they had discovered two pygmy sperm whales a mother and baby and they were trapped near the beach there were a couple conflicting stories like what it was in a canal or it was near a beach that was kind of surrounded it was very vague but yeah they were trapped and they wanted out and they were starting to freak out to the point where these researchers were considering euthanizing them because at this point they were becoming a danger to themselves and everyone else Mm -hmm. so they were debating and trying to figure out what to do and that is when moko arrived and moko was kind of a legacy he lived near this beach and played with beachgoers If you threw him a ball, he would throw it back to you and stuff. So he's already a hero. He's already, like, hanging out at this beach. He's everything I want in my life He's a dolphin friend. Like a mascot for this beach already. And then he he sees these whales in need. So, yeah, he goes. And what what all the onlookers describe as it looked like he stopped and communicated to these two whales. And then he led them out of the canal and saved them. The two whales were never seen again. Yay! That means that they went out <laughs> right? and were living happy lives. But Moko stayed and he hung out. Um, Moko has a slightly tainted legacy because there was one time when a woman who really loved Moko was out swimming with him. And, and he wouldn't let her go back into shore. She assumed it was because he was lonely, and she never blamed Moko. She blamed herself for getting too far out and for swimming alone, um, which was a very mm-hmm. poor choice. Um, Moko was known to bring people hammerhead sharks and other animals <laughs> that he had caught and killed to play fetch with. He's like a cat. <laughs> I got you this, because you're looking really thin. But <laughs> You must be hungry. (laughs) And Moko hung out and stayed there until 2010 when he passed away. That's pretty recent. I know. I can't believe I missed it. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, you were an adult by then. You I been know, there. I could have been in New Zealand living it up. You could have been the woman that got drug out to sea by him. Yeah. And he never hurt her. He just, like, when she would try to go back to shore, would just start playing with her again. Right. Um, and they, she was rescued by people on a boat she had yelled to. Um, and they, they saved her. She was, like, clinging to a buoy. It was rough. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I do give her credit because she did make some poor choices. And despite it being probably scary, mm-hmm. she never blamed Moko. And she owned up to it. Yes. That's which awesome. I think is a big deal. I love that. So that's the little mini Mo- Moko story. Um, my next one is about Sam slash Oscar the cat. He has several names. I get it. He was known as... Uh, he was known as <laughs> Sam. <laughs> There's going to be so many bloopers from this episode. Yep. <laughs> he was known as Unsinkable Sam. The reason he was known as Unsinkable Sam is because he survived three shipwrecks. What? <laughs> was so, he on... Was he... On the Titanic. <laughs> on the Olympic. The Olympic. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't on the sub. <laughs> <laughs> or the Titanic. <laughs> it was was in the 1940s. Maybe he was. He's probably hanging out with that John Captain guy. <laughs> so I had to keep surviving shipwrecks because John Captain kept <laughs> running into icebergs. <laughs> that is canon now. <laughs> that is canon. Yep. So. Solved another mystery. <laughs> Cats were synonymous for being on ships because they did a really good job of keeping rodent population down, which protected the food. And, of course, from sickness, it kept people from getting sick. His first boat was a German battleship, and it was sunk. It was called the Bismarck, like a donut, and it was sunk in 1941. He survived with only 100 other men. And he was found floating on a table. I was I was just going to ask, like, did he have a caretaker that was like, come on, Sam, and like grabbed him and jumped in a boat? No, he was hanging out on a table, pissed because he's in the middle of an ocean. He was probably licking his paws, you know, like being cats do, mm-hmm. and, and his tail was swishing. <laughs> oh. And they were like, is that Sam? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he was a tuxedo cat, so he was also dapper. Yes. That makes it even better. <laughs> exactly. So, he was found by the British. He was then on the HMS Cossack, or Cossack, I think it was Cossack, which was another warship. That ship was torpedoed, and he survived. <laughs> <laughs> the third ship, and this is when he earned, after the second sinking was when he earned the nickname Unsinkable Sam. The third ship was a royal aircraft carrier because he had a tuxedo. It was about time they put him where he belonged. So now he got to hang out with royalty. <laughs> and it was also torpedoed. And Sam, only one person passed on this ship, so that was good. Mm-hmm. Um, Sam was found floating on a piece of wood near the wreckage. I'm glad that they went with unsinkable Sam and not like... This cat must be bad luck, you guys. <laughs> Possessed Patty. <laughs> bad luck Bob. 
<laughs> Drowning Dave. <laughs> um, and after this, Sam actually traveled on three more ships. Two of which also sank, just not when Sam was on them. <laughs> he finally figured out how to ruin these ships, but get off them first. <laughs> Torpedo Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he retired in the UK in Belfast. Lived a happy life. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I like Sam. love Unsinkable Sam. I do too. I don't know where Oscar came in. Apparently that was maybe his name on the German ship before he earned the name. I don't know. Because they couldn't call him Unsinkable Oscar. That sounds ridiculous. Mm -hmm. We all know Oscar's a grouch. And lives in a garbage can. Yeah. Not in a ship. Or is a nickname for a boy you like in middle school. (laughs) Yeah. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) This one is very special to both of us. Myla the Beluga. Yay! So in an aquarium in China... (laughs) Please sing quietly the whole time I'm doing this story. (laughs) I can't take you seriously. I always have to do the hand motion. I have to dance! (laughs) I must dance. In an aquarium in China, they did a contest for freediving. It was in their Arctic temperature wheel tank. And when you won, you won the opportunity to apply to become a whale trainer. You didn't just get to be a whale trainer. You got the ability to apply to be a whale trainer. I'm glad you did not try to live out your dream of being a whale trainer. Especially not in China. Right. So, 26-year-old woman, and I did not get her name because I did not want to butcher it. Because it is a Chinese name, and I already did real good with those German cities a couple weeks ago. We didn't need any more of that nonsense. So she participated in the um, dive, and she got down to the bottom of the pool and realized that her leg had cramped. And she could not swim back up. So Mila noticed that this woman was panicking and starting to choke. She grabbed the diver's leg and forced her up to the surface of the tank and saved her life. Aww. Mila. Aww. I love that somehow these animals, like no. the dolphin knew that the yeah. whales were in trouble. Yeah. And this beluga was like, something's not right with that lady. I'm going to get her to the air. <laughs> exactly. And how do they know? How do they even put together that this human needed air? Right. Like, it's it's really mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. We so, don't give animals enough credit. I know. For real. Sergeant Reckless is my next one. Oh, my gosh. What is Sergeant Reckless? Sergeant Reckless. Um, a soldier bought a racehorse from a boy in Seal for $250. This was in 1952. So pretty close. Mm-hmm. So Sergeant Reckless is a horse. <laughs> she was This purchased- one's a sergeant too! <laughs> exactly. Or <Poor> Boyle. <laughs> <laughs> hey look. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> you don't earn your stripes, you don't get them. <laughs> yep. Gotta be brave. Exactly. She was purchased as a tack horse to haul things and mm-hmm. whatever they needed. She was named Recoilless 
which I guess was a gun thing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that I thought it sounded like epiphilus. (laughs) (laughs) They knew what was coming. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, They eventually it just kind of morphed into reckless. So whatever, whether it was okay, language or access. Yeah. Yeah. Recoilless doesn't work as well as reckless. Yeah. So these kind of horses are really hardy little horses. They're sometimes confused as ponies because they're smaller. But they trained her and they taught her to lay if there was gunfire. They taught her to crawl under barbed wire. (laughs) What? And they taught her to go to her stable if um, there was an artillery attack. So... She was really charming, and the men started to fall in love with her. And one of her perks, or quirks, I guess, not perks, one of her quirks was that she would eat anything. She particularly loved beer and Coca-Cola. <laughs> Another beer drinker. Right? <laughs> she would eat scrambled eggs and candy. She once ate $30 worth of poker chips. <laughs> She did have a favorite food, and that was apple. Apparently, also back then, the army or uh, whatever branch this was, sorry, I don't know, uh, would make this really horrible chocolate pudding, and no one would eat it, but Sergeant Reckless would. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Good job, Sergeant Reckless. (laughs) She was a hero for that. She would sneak into tents when it was cold and sleep with soldiers. (laughs) (laughs) She was incredibly brave, and she wouldn't flinch when she would hear gunfire. She'd just keep on working. She was like, so? What are they going to (laughs) do? Exactly. She learned paths that she could traverse within one or two showings, and she was able to do them on her own. So that left her handler able to do other things, which was invaluable. Right? During one battle, she made the trip hauling ammo to the front lines, 51 times and she would often bring men who were wounded back on her return trip she was injured in that battle just above her uh, eye and on her flank but she recovered very well and she was given the rank of sergeant of course that's why she's sergeant reckless she was <laughs> she was awarded a hat that i guess was a big deal and she ate it that's my favorite (laughs) she returned to the u.s in 1954 and she just so happened to return on the marine corps birthday and attended the marine corps birthday ball where she ate cake and the floral decor (laughs) this one's my favorite (laughs) the story's the best this horse is so it's me I D A G F or I D G A F. She's just like, I don't care about your hat. I don't care about your things. You got you got more of those poker chips. <laughs> I'm gonna need a beer. I need nuts. <laughs> gonna need cigarettes. <laughs> me she, and this bear. She ended up in the U.S. having four more four babies, and she retired in 1968, happy and fat. I assume. <laughs> Very. <laughs> she did also really enjoy eating her blanket that she wear. And, I mean, there was, there was so much on the list of things that she would just eat. 
<laughs> she obviously was part goat. Obviously. <laughs> That's why she's so little. Yeah. Okay, these are my last two. Todd the Golden. Of course, you know why. Both of these are golden retrievers, and that is why they are on the list. Weird. <laughs> Todd the Golden was the first ever Milkbone Dog of the Year. Aww. Because while he and his owner were hiking in 2018, just really Very recently, in Arizona, he was six months old. He was with his brother, Copper, Aww. Todd and Copper. So Fox and the Hound, we just talked about that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, as they were coming down to the end of the trail, Todd bolted past his owner's legs before the owner could even tell what was going on and attacked a rattlesnake. Oh. Yes. He saved his owner. Aww. She said she didn't even hear a rattle. She, d- she heard nothing. She didn't even know it was there. He did get bit and he swelled up to two times his size, but he survived. She rushed him to the vet. Mm-hmm. She got the other dog in the car and she said she's never made any drive faster than she did that. You can see pictures of him, videos. He was on all the morning shows. I feel like I remember that, yeah. actually. And he just looks, it's so sad, but he completely fully recovered. Um, I think it's astonishing that he was only six years old when six months right? old when this happened. My f- four-year-old dog couldn't do that. Yeah, my dogs wouldn't care. No, we. <laughs> I was with my dogs in the woods today, and we ran into a hunter <laughs> that ran, we didn't yeah, know was yeah. there. And both the dogs were like, "Mom, look, a stranger!" And <laughs> like, great. jumped all over him and tried to give him kisses. We so. always like to think that our dogs would help us in those situations. Mm-mm. I'm pretty sure all of my dogs would just be like, so if you kill her, will you give me treats? Exactly. <laughs> because that would be okay. Because have at it then. <laughs> give better treats. <laughs> what kind of treats do you have at home? So this last dog is Toby the Golden. Aww. I started on Toby's story, not sure if I was going to tell it, because it's a little bit gruesome. Mm-hmm. Not for Toby. Okay, good. Um, He was adopted by a former Vietnam Army veteran named Guy Cole. He and Toby connected really amazingly immediately. Um, They bonded even stronger when his wife passed away. Um, They were older. He he was 74 when he um, adopted uh, Toby. Or when Toby adopted Guy, whichever. <laughs> um, Sometimes moved- the dog chooses the human. <laughs> exactly. They moved to a small town, and everyone doted on Toby. And everyone knew Guy and Toby. They had a lot of friends there. One day, uh, one of Guy's friends, Frank, woke up to Toby barking outside his house and scratching at his door. And he knew that that was very unusual. Toby would not be away from Guy. So he called emergency services and begged them, pleaded with them to get to Guy's home. Unfortunately, when they got there, it was too late for Guy. Toby hadn't gotten, I don't know if he died immediately or or what, but they just, he was gone. Um, But the reason I decided I was going to share this story was because obviously Toby is a a baller. Yeah, he's a hero. But this is not the first time Toby did this what? guy. Um, years before this, a uh, friend Richard was taking a walk. Just a uh, friend Richard. <laughs> friend Richard. You know, friend Richard. Friend Richard. We all have friend Richard. <laughs> and Toby. 
So Richard, a friend of Guy's, was out on a walk. He saw Toby and realized that that's weird. Toby shouldn't be out here alone. Um, and Toby led him back to Guy's house, where Guy was, again, on the floor having... They didn't specify what had happened. I'm sure if I dug farther, I could right. find out. Some sort of medical emergency. Yes. But this time they did save Guy. Aww. So, you know, Toby was hero twice. I know the first time they were unable... Or the second time, I guess. <laughs> they were unable to save Guy, but Toby was a good Aww. boy. That's so cute. <laughs> it was adorable. There's pictures of him. Makes him want to kiss his nose. Do you want to hear my favorite not a hero golden retriever story is it gonna make me cry no oh okay. i mean maybe of laughter is it about one of mine no <laughs> <laughs> it's a chive story so the chive is yes a website that is both funny and disgustingly masculine like it's it's a lot of women in it bikini tops and good. stuff and it- but they have this like random act of kindness thing that they push and charity stuff it's great but one of the stories on there one day, and it still pops up in my Facebook memories every once in a while, they had, these people had this, got this golden retriever, and they trained him to, they, they don't know why he chose it to do this, but when he wanted to go outside, he would lick the doorknob to signal you know how like you can teach a dog to like ring, ring a bells bell and yeah, yeah for some reason in this dog's brain it transferred to licking, licking the doorknob door so whatever it's weird but they put up with it and it goes like that for a few years and then they moved oh no <laughs> and the whole it's like a progress it's like a slideshow basically but the, the last one is talking about how they're in their new house and they don't see the dog for a while and they're super confused and they check all the rooms they finally find this dog with its mouth on this random closet doorknob <laughs> in a random bedroom <laughs> he couldn't figure out which door but he knew he had to look <laughs> so they've been looking for him and he's just been in this room, licking this doorknob. And that, <laughs> friends and family explain golden retrievers better than anyone else could put into words. Yep. <laughs> some are heroes, and some are doorknob lickers. <laughs> it's fine. They're all we the best boy. All. They're soft and fluffy. There are a lot of videos out there with animal heroes. I very specifically chose animals who lived. Thank did you. not want sad sad um and there's a lot of animals that have acted as heroes to people i we remember don't a story deserve about a, animals no we don't great dane that literally knocked a cancer off of a woman it kept jumping on her chest and she ended up going to the doctor because she'd been bruised and stuff and the doctor found that he had dislodged a cancer that's insane um a tumor obviously right. but a cancerous <laughs> tumor but anyway Oh, That's hero animals. I and loved this um, <laughs> little series. Yeah, series. That's the word I was looking for. I love uh, your amazing sorry. animals series. I enjoyed looking into it. Mm-hmm. It was very <clears throat> um, eye bleach. 
from the other things yeah, that I normally I look feel at. like your brain probably needed this break. I think so. Except that I know you're already like itching to get back to folklore. So <laughs> I'm a little worried about your brain to be honest. I understand. <laughs> she it doesn't should be. she doesn't <laughs> deny it. <laughs> she just says yeah, that's that's fine. Her eyes flared black for a moment. <laughs> I, her meaning me. Yeah, Jessica is now narrating herself. <laughs> and then Jessica's eyes flared black, and she wanted blood out of a Meyer bag. <laughs> Give me your donated blood, she said. We will Medicinally. share times for local blood donations when this episode yep. airs. That's a great idea. Um, please consider donating. And I mean, for all the fun we've had and goofiness. It is serious. It is needed. And it is so easy for us to do. Yeah. So consider. What easy way to be a hero, you guys. Something that I want to start doing. It's something I don't think about mm-hmm. taking the time to do. I will start dragging you with me when yeah. I go. Yeah. Because well, I pictures. have to find new ones because Michelle is not hosting the one she was doing anymore. But I think we I am eligible this month. So yeah, then- we can talk to Beth. We could do a live podcast episode while we donate blood. Yes. We have been considering doing a live episode. If anyone would be interested or if they have a time that that would be better. Because mm-hmm. we would love to talk to you guys. And I it mean, would mostly be nice just to be like hanging out with people buddies. watching. So it's not just me and Jessica talking to each other. Yeah. Because we're funny, but only to each I mean, other it's sometimes. Kind of <laughs> when we're funny alone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this has been Dungeons and Dopamine Podcasts. You can listen to us anywhere you stream podcasts and even on YouTube. You can support us on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash Dungeons Dopamine. You can also find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. And you can reach out to us on any of those social medias or you can email us at dungeonsdopamine at yahoo.com. Dungeons and Dopamine is edited and published by Argyle Pigeon Productions. (laughs) Okay, that's it. We love you. Thanks. Bye. Bye.